edition of On the Road with Legal Talk Network. This is Michelle Wong-Krauss, and I'm the host for today's show, which is being recorded on location at the 2019 ABA Annual Meeting from San Francisco. Joining me now, I have Dale Manami, the 2019 recipient of the ABA Medal. Welcome to the show. Thank you. So before we get started, could you tell us just a little bit more about yourself? Where do you work? What do you do? I work in a firm, Manami Tamaki. It's a firm I helped start in San Francisco. It's a small firm that does personal injury, immigration law, and consumer and employment law. And for our audience who are are not familiar with the decision in the U.S. Supreme Court uh, case of the original Korematsu case, could you briefly highlight the decision that was found? It's fairly complicated historically, so I'll summarize as much as I can. Because after Japan attacked Pearl Harbor, 120,000 Americans of Japanese-American ancestry were taken from their homes, banished, exiled into concentration camps. They received no due process rights, no right to a trial, no hearing, and no right to attorneys. And they were sent for indefinite uh, confinement based on their ethnic relationship to the enemy country, Japan, even though they were Americans. And three men stood up to challenge the military orders that essentially sent them to prisons. And uh, those three men were convicted, although they argued race discrimination, uh, lack of due process. And the Supreme Court heard their cases and in 1943 and 44, ruled in favor of the government on the basis of flimsy, flimsy theory of ethnic characteristics. That because of their unusual ethnic characteristics, Japanese Americans were likely to commit espionage and sabotage and were likely to be disloyal to this country. So that was actually good law until uh, your case. Uh, I believe that was the um, uh, writ of uh, quorum nobis, correct? Uh, yes and no. The What you call good law well, uh, could be, could be bad law. Yes, but. it is bad. Yes, <laughs> correct. But it was the law in the books, and it was just, uh, it was there until you decided to get a legal team together uh, to challenge that. So why was it important to you personally to overturn Korematsu? We understand that that was really a shameful chapter in uh, the U.S. history. It's pretty obvious in the sense that, you know, Korematsu validated the banishment and exile of 120,000 Japanese Americans, my parents were included in that, my family, my entire community, even though I was born after, after the prison. So uh, there was a personal interest as well to vindicate their shame and embarrassment, or, or actually. So there's a personal interest as well. There's also other interests. We wanted to correct history because the history has told was that there were some good reasons to put Japanese Americans in camp, and the evidence we discovered was there was absolutely no good evidence. Thirdly, we wanted to vindicate the interests of these three brave men who stood up and challenged the greatest state, greatest country in the world, and were convicted and spent jail time. And finally, we wanted to impair that terrible, terrible precedent of Korematsu versus the United States, that you can 
uproot an entire ethnic racial group and take them away without any due process rights. So what's the significance of a writ of quorum nobis for those of us that are not familiar with that particular legal process? In short, it's really a petition that you can file when you discover new evidence that points to a manifest injustice, the great injustice in your original conviction. And it's just like habeas corpus, except for your sentence has already been served. And so I know that Korematsu comes out of the fear of what was happening during World War II. And um, and the U.S. Supreme Court played a huge, huge part in national security uh, concerns, and, and as it does today when we are facing terrorism right. um, from different um, in different situations. So how does this U.S. Supreme Court work or not work as a check on the powers of the executive and the legislative branches? Well, it depends on who's on the Supreme Court, for one. Yes. And two, it depends on the political climate at the time, because courts are not apolitical as they're considered to be. And so the Supreme Court is supposed to check the power of the president and the executive, Congress as well. But in Korematsu, one of the worst precedents set was the total abdication of the Supreme Court of its role to be an independent inquirer of the facts. And instead of having any facts to justify the claims of disloyalty and espionage, the court just threw up its hands and said, we defer to the president. We don't essentially care about what the facts are. And that precedent has been very damaging to the checks and balances system and weakened, I think, the power of the judiciary to act as that check and balance, which is critical to our democracy. So, and I know that um, you're case was mentioned in Trump versus Hawaii. Some people have called that a Korematsu 2.0. So, I mean, is it like two steps forward, one step backwards? Pretty much so. And this really more like one step forward, two steps backwards, because what Trump versus Hawaii did was reaffirm the worst, worst part of Korematsu. That's the precedent that the courts defer to the executive, the president, even though the court failed to do any analysis of the justification for the immigration ban, even though the court failed to examine the basis for the president's decision uh, by uh, looking into the facts upon which it claimed substantial justification for the immigration ban, and even though it refused to even consider Tr- Donald Trump's egregious racist statements against Muslims in its decision, which would have shown clearly a racial motive. And, you know, after these many years, I mean, it's like history repeating itself. I mean, after, I guess, the Trade Center, 9-11, I mean, the fear that a certain segment of Muslim Americans and um, even uh, Indian Americans, Sikh Americans, I mean, there were, you know, attacks on Sikhs. I mean, these these people, these races were so dumb, they didn't even know the difference between a Sikh <laughs> yeah. and a Muslim. You know, and they thought someone wearing a turban was a Muslim. So how do you feel about what you're seeing now, what's happening, and the rise of hatred and the tolerance for um, what's happening to people and the otherization of our fellow Americans by a certain segment of of the rest of America? Our fear is that this is an echo of history. What happened to Chinese Americans and Japanese Americans almost a century earlier is being repeated today, only 
the demonization of Muslim and Arab Americans have replaced Japanese and Chinese as the targets. And so what we see is the same thing, ethnic uh, and religious uh, profiling, hate crimes, uh, slurs, calls for mass incarceration, and calls for bans on immigration. We've been there before as Asian Pacific Americans. So we wanted to remind this country of the terrible mistakes it made when the judiciary cedes its power to the president, when a, a political official uh, whips up hysteria and hatred to advance his or her own interests. And so our campaign was designed to show the similarities between what happened then and what happened now. But unfortunately, history was repeated when uh, Trump versus Hawaii uh, came up. Korematsu was nominally, ostensibly overturned, but it really wasn't because that dangerous precedent of giving deference to the president was even strengthened. I mean, how do you con- contrast that and compare that to the Supreme Court in the Pentagon Papers with Nixon? I mean, there you had a Supreme Court that actually did weigh the evidence and did come out on the, the side of show me and prove to me that there is a national security risk. Uh, what is, you know, the change? I mean, to me, I would think that that's the type of court I want to see, not the court that decided Trump versus Hawaii. I would agree with you completely. But I think, as I said before, the composition of the Supreme Court determines what result you get. And while that's not a perfect system, it's, it's the only system we have. So in the Pentagon Papers, we had a different uh, group of justices, and some were even conservative, but they felt that the rule of law overcame any of their possible political biases. Here we have a very, very conservative court. It's mostly or two of two of the justices appointed by President Trump himself, and then they're turning around and making judgment on President Trump himself, the person who appointed them. Mm-hmm. And it's, I think the court is receding in its both integrity and its checks and balances function. Do you see that Trump versus Hawaii could be the basis for another Arab internment camp? Hispanic internment camp. I mean, at what point does this Trump versus Hawaii give the government an ability to go down that that dark path? The Trump versus Hawaii offers a powerful legal tool, but these things don't happen unless the political will allows it to happen. In 1943 and 44, no major group stood up to, to fight for Japanese Americans or support them. Arab and Muslim Americans have more allies now, so politically it's harder to mass incarcerate an entire group of people. And the law itself may allow that if the president can find different circumstances. Um, But I fear that because of the precedent created, you know, we've opened the door Mm -hmm. for a demagogic president to do whatever he wants, and the Supreme Court lays limp and just uh, acquiesces. In, in, in another terrible decision. Well, I know that um, you've done more than just the Karamatsu case, but I know that I I feel that it's the Brown versus Board of Education for Asian Americans. Um, I cannot tell you what an honor it is to have you receive the ABA medal. It is 
uh, so well deserved. And while you're you're known mostly for overturning Korematsu, um, but you you also um, have done other important cases like I think United uh, Filipinos Affirmative Action versus California. Yes. Can you tell us just a little bit about that case? Well, it was an employment discrimination case against a major institution, California Blue Shield, and all the Filipinos uh, workers were relegated to the lowest positions, even though they had more education and qualifications than some of the managers or supervisors. In fact, they train these people, then they get leapfrogged over these Filipino women. So we brought a discrimination case. We provided just compelling statistics of the unfairness. And after uh, we won a class certification, we entered into negotiations and eventually settled it. But it became the first employment discrimination class action uh, brought by Asian Americans on behalf of Asian Americans. And for us, as much as the legal case was important, it was a, it was a signal. Symbolically, we wanted to show that, you know, we are able to stand up for our rights and we will do so. And that you are someone that people can look up to as how you stand up to uh, for what's right for civil rights, uh, Asian Americans sometimes are known as the quiet, you know, minority. We we don't go out and protest uh, as much as others, uh, minorities who have suffered, uh, you know, civil uh, injustices. But I think we can look to you as an example of what we can do in making sure that internment camps for Americans solely based on your ethnicity and national origin will not never happen again. And I once again want to congratulate you for being the 2019 ABA medal recipient. And I look forward to your um, the presentation tomorrow night. Well, thank you. And thank you so much for taking time to speak with us. It looks like we've re reached the end of the road for our episode. I want to thank Dale Manami for joining us today. If our listeners have questions or wish to follow up with you, how can they reach you? Easy. Go to the internet. Uh, Google me. My email address is so unwieldy as to be useless. And you could find my email address uh, through the internet. Also, thank you to our listeners for tuning in. If you like what you heard, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcasting app. I'm Michelle Wong Kraus. Until next time, thank you for listening. If you'd like more information about what you've heard today, please visit LegalTalkNetwork.com. Subscribe via iTunes and RSS. Find us on Twitter and Facebook. Or download our free Legal Talk Network app in Google Play and iTunes. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by, Legal Talk Network, its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer. Yeah.